So Sandra, it's really good to be having this conversation. As you know, I'm having, uh, well perhaps you don't, but I'm having conversations <laughs> with a number of different people, trying to look at some of the different angles um, on life as we live these very strange days um, of viral pandemic and with things sort of changing. Uh, feels like at the moment it was from hour to hour. And one of the things I've been particularly aware of, I suppose, particularly with, with clergy, um, are those who are single and live on their own. There's been lots of talk about households and I've been very aware both in churches and when I hear the government speak uh, until today that there's been lots of assumption that people are living in households with other people. And I'd just be really interested in, in your reflections on being single during this time and let's just see where the conversation goes is that all right it's absolutely fine so i live in a single person household and i'm very familiar with it i've lived in it a long time so that's good so in one sense it wasn't an unusual thing to find myself living alone but you're absolutely right sometimes it does indeed get a bit frustrating this assumption that people make that everyone has got someone else in their house with them um, it, it strikes me sometimes in zoom meetings with colleagues um, even just this week someone said in a very cheery way oh wouldn't it be nice if we all introduced we could get our partners in and our children say hello uh, and, and I was like well you know should I bring my cuddly toys to say hello <laughs> what, what do I do and, and um, I think people don't realize that that's the reality of living alone and each and every shape of household will have had its own pressures i'm really clear on that but there are particular pressures about being a single person household mm. what 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 have you if you had to pick out some of those particular pressures what are the things on the top of your mind at the moment that you would pick out well the, the, the positive thing at the moment of course is that amazingly the government actually has acknowledged today that, that isolated people need some, to, to be given a chance to meet others so that's really exciting it doesn't apply to me because not only am i living alone but i'm in a shielded category mm. a, a clinically high risk group so that means that i can't take advantage of that but i'm delighted for other people that they can think about this bubble concept and i guess that the pressure is this sense of never being in bodily contact with people they don't get anything too excited i'm not planning to anything radical here but literally being touched by another human being and uh, in quite an amusing way i had to go for routine blood test at the surgery during this time that was all set up properly and um, for various reasons the lovely person who was taking my blood couldn't do it properly and she took four goes and she was getting flustered and embarrassed and i eventually said to her i really don't mind it's so exciting to be in a space with another person who's holding my arm that made it you know really it was fine it was lovely to do that because you just have no physical contact of any kind with another person so that that does become a bit of a pressure and that's a bit sorry to interrupt i think that's really poignant and certainly when i um have been trying to not very well but been trying to contact um single clergy at various points I think particularly after certain messages that have gone out that's the thing I've tried to be very aware of because even when people have said to me oh well I'm seeing friends or family over zoom mm. and I've really tried to name that's good but it's not the same as 
someone being able to touch you, as you said, very pointedly touch your arm, give you a yeah. hug. And yeah. actually the other thing I've been really aware of, which I think I said to you in one of my emails, um, is even just having someone to bring you a cup of tea, you know, because even when you're working in meetings, it might be that someone in normal life would bring you a cup of tea, but you're having to do all of that care. And I've been really aware of that. I've seen that in, in meetings again as well, where, you know, somebody wanders by and clearly is putting a, a coffee down. And I, I kind of try very hard to make breaks between meetings. And I will actually say, I'm going to end this now because I, they've got another meeting in 20 minutes and I actually need to get up and I need to go and make this cup of coffee to go into the next meeting because otherwise you wouldn't pause. You would just go from one thing to another. But I was going to say, was as well as that, I got ill, as you know, with, with the virus, one never knows because... You know, well, they weren't testing at that point, but it, it's very, very obvious then that all your energy goes, whatever little you've got, goes on just um, just making the cups of tea, just deciding, you know, opening the fridge door to get something out, whatever it is. That's it. There's nothing else you can do at that point. Um, now, of course, you know, I've lived in my own long, long time, and it's always like that. It, it's, that's nothing new, you know. It's, I said to someone the other day, I've had other illnesses, and of course you you do that, but there's always that moment in an illness when you just think, you know, rather pathetically, you know, even though it's been years, I, I wish my mum was here or my bring me to bring me the cup of tea or whoever it might be. Somebody else in this household would would do that for me, um, but there isn't anyone, so you have to just get on and sort out your own life, which is its joy as well, of course. You have that independence. That's the joy of being on your own. But on the other hand, sometimes, especially when you're feeling stressed and vulnerable, it's the thing you become acutely aware of as well. Mm. Yeah, I think that's so true because I'm very aware that when I'm um, going back to the Zoom meetings, when I'm in Zoom meetings, you know, often Guy will wander in and very kindly yeah. put me down a cup of tea. And I think, oh, not everyone can, can have that. Mm. How sensitive is that? Uh, and then, as you say, I, I hear what you're saying about being single and ill and saying, well, I've been ill at other times. But the difference of this is that a friend might say, oh, I'll come around for the morning. You know, yeah. you're not very well. I'll come around. I'll, you know, make you a meal or make you a cup of tea. But actually, particularly when you were ill, which was right at the beginning, yeah. when we were very strict and we couldn't even, you know, really go out. Um, yeah. That I, you know, I really did feel for you and others in that time because as you say, you had to do everything exactly i remember working out when i was trying to recover a bit i thought i need to do some washing and i never realized you could divide you know doing the washing into a task that took sort of three and a bit days and it, it breaks down into little bits so today i could get this to the washing machine yeah tomorrow i might move it from the washing machine to the dryer you know mm. it was really breaking things right down to one thing to do but i'm fine now so that that's that's good that's yeah. good and people were, yeah, dropping things off and so on. But you're right, it's not the same. Normal illnesses, you might sort of open the door and say, you know, it's on the latch and someone could come in. But you could come in. So you stay on your own, really. I've been particularly in these conversations talking about the church mm. and in terms of what it means for us to be the church. Mm. As you've reflected on someone who's single, you know, as a follower of Christ, what, what would you want to be saying to the wider church during this time, particularly when people perhaps are more acutely aware 
of yeah. people's circumstances just sort of thinking about singleness and and what the church would be listening to this might sound a bit odd but i think sometimes as a single person one of the things that gets to me is that um i'm not the top of anybody's list that doesn't that's not you know i'm not a self sorry for myself person but i'm not um and sometimes when you become ill you go up the top of a list and people phone you when you're ill but actually it's quite nice that they phone you all the time because that's like they like you or they're interested in you or whatever and of course it's two ways you do both those things but actually sometimes i just remind people that people who live on their own i can get to church on a sunday in those golden days when we used to go to church i can get to church on a sunday and i won't have spoken to anybody yet that day and that that's not just true of people that we might think of as uh, vulnerable all sorts of things single people generally that will be the case and i think it's like be mindful of the fact that at all times you're single not just when you're in need you're you're on your own so it's always a blessing when someone makes a contact with you at any time i i feel uh, not just waiting to a point of a situation where you're unwell or whatever and i also think sometimes this occasionally have these thoughts where i think i'm just so grateful that jesus was single because I, I thought I was thinking about it the day I was thinking it would be so much pressure if, if he'd been married with him and children because you'd feel so excluded from that really but because Jesus uh, created his, his life in a friendship group and you know was, was connected to families that's another really important thing for me and in my life I've been really blessed in many ways over the years of families who have just included me in their family life and children that, whose lives I've been involved with. Um, so I've done my share of everything from uh, sitting through nativity plays to taking kids on mad outings to you know, changing nappies. I've done all sorts because, because of other people allowing me to be part of their family. And I think that's a really important thing, you know, and you see Jesus doing that uh, with the household at, at Bethany, just there, so, oh, you know, you're part of our group here. And I think I'd remind the, the church of that, that sometimes, you need to just extend a little bit more um, hospitality in that way to people who are on their own. Mm-hmm. There are times that people finish church and people start talking about what they're going to do and, oh, I've got to go because I'm going off with my son, my daughter, my family, whatever. And you think, hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just going back home on my own now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I and I have been blessed over the years in this diocese by hospitality extended to me, you know, in all kinds of ways. Uh, from people but it is important to remember that yes and I think that's again it comes back to assumptions I've spoken a lot in conversations about assumptions um, mm-hmm. as you know I got married at 43 and yeah. I've now had as many years uh, in ordained ministry married as I had when I was single but for a long time I'd had more years as a single person yeah. I certainly relate to what to what you're saying and something as well about people you're not being made to feel that you're unusual and not a complete person. So what you're saying about Jesus, I think so important because, yeah. you know, I often used to feel as if I wasn't quite what I should be. Yeah. Um, and then you want to point to the ministry, you know, of Jesus mm. um, and say, actually, I feel a whole person in who I am. Yes, I'm not, I'm not a half person, I'm not incomplete in some way. And, and also that you bring a lot of, a, a lot of experience as a single 
person just as much we, we celebrate long marriages you know we often say oh you know it's amazing they've been married 40 years and i'm like you know i've managed to be single yes a long time really uh, and um and i nobody will ever say that's fantastic you know that you've you've done that in your life what an amazing thing to achieve that and um <laughs> i think i'd like to say i know a bit about being single just as somebody who's been married a long time says i know a bit about being married it's just a different way of a different way of being and sometimes we need to just remember that and it's a, it's a, i think we are better at it perhaps than we used to be i don't know i don't know i can remember a time going back a number of years now but where my sister-in-law uh, she and my brother got married very young and had quite quickly had four young children and i remember once on a saturday morning having a phone call with her where I was feeling really quite down because I happened to be a day when I was feeling quite lonely and wasn't quite sure what I was going to do on my day off. And, and it wasn't usually a feeling I had because I actually really liked my own company, but on that particular day. And she, on a Saturday morning, was feeling like she was desperate to have some space. And so she was implying how fortunate I was. And I was implying how fortunate that yeah. she was. And we both had to stop and acknowledge that the grass was that's greener on the other side. And what could we, what could we learn from one another about the different gifts we had yeah. and not just be envying one another for the other things because life's never quite like that. Uh, absolutely. And that, in this lockdown, as I said at the beginning, every household will have had its different pressures. Whether you've got teenage children, you're at home alone with another person, you've got a baby, and you're trying to work from home. Everybody's got their own different household which will have its joys in it and its and its strength but interestingly you mentioned that about different families and the little book that has sustained me in uh, lockdown in one of those marvelous ways you get led to, to find a book at, at the right moment is um, a little book by the um spiritual writer called kathleen norris and benedictine and the little book that i found in a book list in another thing about her is called um it's called Quotidian Mysteries, but its wonderful subtitle is um, Liturgy, Laundry and Women's Work, and um, which is just a great title. But she is just fantastic. Uh, and she's single and she was single. No, she's married now, but she's childless. But she talks a lot about these different comparisons and what it means to be uh, to be a person in yourself and to, to be living daily life in the ordinariness of it. It's been it's been a little um, a, a godsend in this time to have discovered that particular uh, author and that particular book and also with that benedictine um, rhythm of life and the rule of life as we sometimes call it for me has also been an important part of being um, being single and so I have other people that I know follow the same rules so this sometimes something really wonderfully consoling about the fact that you are committed at whatever it's 10 o'clock at night or whatever your particular thing is that you pray at that moment knowing that other people you don't even have to be will be doing the same things mm. and i've always found that uh, that sense of the connectivity i have with other people uh, to be really helpful as well mm. and actually it made me think of something else uh, slightly different but connected which is the rhythm of life i, I can again remember that i didn't have those natural break points or boundaries in the day so I remember some of my colleagues at work who would have to do the school run or 
you know, someone else from the household was coming home for work at a certain time, or there were meals to be prepared at a particular time. And actually, I had to really learn how to develop my own rhythm because the tendency was, I think particularly when I was first ordained in the curate, to think, you know, I would just work the entire yes. time. And I remember someone once ringing me up at about 11 o'clock on a Friday evening and uh, answering the phone. And it actually wasn't anything that urgent. It was something really quite ridiculous. It was about were there pencils in the children's activity cupboard in the church hall? And they'd obviously just thought of it. And they said, oh, but we, you know, I knew I couldn't ring the vicar because he's got children. But I knew that it would be all right because you live on your own. And just thinking, oh, that's again people's assumptions that if you're at home, you're always available. Yeah. I think that's true and on that that's a, a sort of trivial thing but actually the other thing I do recall when I was in parish ministry because obviously my ministry has a different shape these days but um was the other thing that I felt very strongly about was people ringing with very negative or difficult things when you're on your own uh, and I, I remember that feeling it was on Sunday evening you know seven o'clock and the phone me eight o'clock oh well I thought you ought to know that they're saying <laughs> they're saying that you did whatever it might be and, and i can remember that feeling coming off the phone and thinking well, what am i supposed to do with how i feel right now at this point with all that you've just stirred up by phoning me it lives alone i haven't got anyone to go and offload this to um but so partly you have to learn who you can offload those things to safely and you know whether it's fam close family or close friends that are available to say to ring up at that point and say ah you know this is what's happened um, to be also to let to, to build those strategies that say you know let that power of one person who phones you just learn to let that by but I think that's back to what we we're saying about the responsibility of others in the church to think that through if you're going to ring with a very difficult or negative thing what's that going to do for the person who's just receiving that especially might not be good for them for their family life either but you know if they're alone what are they going to what are they going to do with to do with it at that yeah uh, that's actually that brings us back in a way to this time that we're living at the moment i was interested that you've commented on the uh, news we've heard from the government today about people being able to form i think they're using the word of bubbles with other bubbles. Health. What a word. like you um really pleased that there's a recognition at long mm. last that there are people who've been on there and i'm sure it will cause all sorts of problems with people trying to work out what it means for them but I still think it's good that there's been a recognition yeah. um, but just going back to this time when there have been all sorts of things going on whether it's been the the horror particularly in the early days with all the fear and uncertainty mm. around around the virus you yourself were ill then watching what's going on across the world and of course particularly at the moment when we've had you know the, the death of George the murder of George Floyd and everything's been happening in our world, um, which of course there's always things happening in our world, but there's been a lot that's been really yeah. intense. And just going back to that thing about when you're when you're single, and particularly in this time when you haven't been able to do that normal going to sit in someone else's house and have a cup of tea or a glass of wine, how have you been doing your own self-care and reflection during that? I think I worked out quite early on that I needed to seriously limit the amount of news that I took on board. I think lots of people have worked that out as well. Um, you know, and, and that includes sometimes social media. And the, 
I, love, I use social media a lot. Facebook is an important community for me in particular. Uh, but I have been careful about people that have become either very argumentative or very negative on there and said, I don't need that through here. That isn't, that isn't life-giving. I don't mind a little bit of interaction, but you just have to manage that in particular. And I think it is as well, knowing, for me, as I'm an extrovert who's very happy living alone. It's not a problem. But part of being extrovert for me is having external stimulus. So it's knowing how you'll get that texture and variety in your days, you know, when you're dealing with the, the news and the media and so on. I, I like to take news through a newspaper. So one of the greatest blessings has been a friend who brings uh, the Saturday Times around every week. You know, when I couldn't see, maybe I'd leave it on the doorstep. Or these days, we might look at a distance. You know, it's a bit like a drive-by. You know, and, and speak. But that's a real blessing because I feel newspapers. I can take it or leave it, and uh, there's a bit of a distance where sometimes with other forms of it's it's too intense. Um, so that's been a really good thing to do. But knowing things like the books you read, you know, the, the things that feed you, and everybody knows what they are, um, and having that variety in each day is for me really really important why is it all just become too intense and monochrome i also think people have to be careful we all have to be careful that living on your own you don't be, you don't become self-fulfilling about becoming afraid of the world i i've thought about that quite a bit um you know and you we've been reading in morning press that there was a wonderful thing the other day with joshua and all these great stories and there's a great moment when he's just kind of the angel of the Lord and who turns out to be the armies, the head of the armies. I think it's some kind of Christophany. He just appears. No good reason, but he sees Christ. He sees that, that day that the, the, uh, I am the head of the army of the Lord. And you think you need those moments to know that we are not in this alone. We're not, you know, we've got to balance our wisdom with actually our sense of joy and the joy that gives us strength and how much the fear that we get about things as well and holding on to that when you are alone can be quite tricky there's mm -hmm. some of say to, it's okay you know i was out my walk i think you know it's all right i i walk this because i walk in the company and in companionship with christ actually um and that's who i am really powerful and i i've often reflected i've often reflected with guy actually he laughed but i said I think I was far more courageous when I was single. Um, and sometimes that concerns me. Um, because when you are single, you do just get on with it. Yeah. And, uh, and as you say, there's that sense of, well, there's no point being afraid of this or scared of this or, you know, and, and I think, I, you know, I still reflect a lot on how important is our identity is in Christ. Um, but I do think I, I have to often check myself and say, when you were single, you'd have been more courageous about that. Yeah. I, I, a long time ago, um, Lavinia Byrne used a marvellous phrase in one of her books where she talks about being a Christ-bearing woman. And um, I really like that phrase, that that is what I'm called to do, is to bear Christ in the world. And, and interestingly, my, my dad bought me, he wasn't, he wasn't very good at religious things, my dad. But he bought and he bought me a Saint Christopher, which lot you know, and he's a sort of un, unfavoured saint, really. You know, he's got debunked. But actually, my Saint Christopher is really important to me, and I alternate wearing it with a with a cross, um, because it depicts someone carrying Christ, carrying Christ through the dangers that there is. And I actually think that's what my ministry is about. That's what it's about. Just whether that's 
going into a church or stepping outside my front door, I am doing something that is bearing Christ outward, you know, out into the world. So I kind of think that's your identity in Christ is about that. And as a, as a person on my own, you do sometimes have to work at holding on to it because no one else shores it up for you. And the other side of being on your own is often when you meet, when you meet your public, in my case, quite often I meet my public, you, you have done all the work to put yourself into that outside space. And that's what people see. So they get, oh, you know, you're always so cheerful. You're always this, that and the other. Because no one, no one sees that the, the work that goes in put you into that space as well. It's my thing about when you phone people up, that sometimes that, or blessing and kind, kindness is a great thing, isn't it? Random kindness is a great, great thing. Those people who just sometimes send a little note in the post or which we have to do at the moment or whatever. That, mm-hmm. Or this little WhatsApp or something. Someone says, you know, oh, I was just thinking, it means so much to people i think um and perhaps particularly to people who are on their own to say oh my god one's mind is a really good thing yeah mm. Mm. that's really helpful we, we must we must stop in a minute because we could talk forever um good. but i <laughs> i do want to ask you something so here i am um as your bishop uh, mm. what would you want to to say to me as i try and learn more and more about uh, what my ministry should look like uh, with different people. Um, in this conversation, what, what would you want to say to me? Well, I, I do think it's been an enormous uh, uh, blessing to have a, a bishop who recognised and has been single um, for a, a longer part of adult life and therefore remembers it, living memory, if you like, uh, as, you know, which, which does mean that I think those of us who are single know that you have you have lived in this in this space as well um, and I, th- I think that's really important and I think also that just honouring the fact that being on your own being single for whatever reason for some it will be for a season for others of us it turns out to be you never you never know but you know it's an ongoing it's an ongoing thing and to keep on recognising that that's a valid good way of and uh, it isn't as you said earlier it's not a it's not a half way of living or falling short of anything it is where we are and it's a valuable part of um the whole makeup of the diversity of the body of christ and of our communities is to have single people uh, in amongst us and so just to keep uh, flagging that up to people and, and honoring it is is a blessing to us i think yeah that's really helpful and and for me, it is that uh, really recognizing the gifts that each person brings in, in who they are. And I, you know, I really see that very strongly in you. And we could talk for hours on that. <laughs> um, but really, really helpful and uh, really good to have this conversation. So thank you. Thank you as well.